Well, hey there, folks. We are back at it on Transactions with Dave Canton. Had a couple weeks off there, but we're now a bunch of weeks into 2022. Wow, February is already coming in hot. But as always, Dave will break down what's going on in the current climate of the automotive M&A world each and every week. Of course, you can listen to all the past episodes at dealernewstoday.com. But we'd also like to get you involved. So if you have a question for Dave, please email us at info at dealernewstoday.com. We'd love to hear from you. I am your host, Derek D. And as always, let's welcome in CEO and founder of DCG, Dave Kim. Eric, it's great to be back. It's great to hear your voice, and it's great to be speaking to the automotive industry once again. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm hanging in. You know, we had a couple weeks off there, but I know you were away with your entire DCG team in Arizona, which looked fantastic, by the way. But here we are. It's Transactions with Dave Canton. It's almost February. Let's get right back to it. You know, sometimes you got to you gotta take a little bit of a break and a breather, which we did. And I agree. now we are ready to get back and create some insight and give it all back to the industry. So, you know, I've been waiting weeks to get back on this podcast and I got so much bottled up and I'm just ready to start like vomiting as I'm speaking. So I'm going to hop right into it. That's okay. You know, (laughs) I I read an article, I I read an article this morning, you know, and, and, and it kind of blew me away. Right. And, and look, as busy as DCG acquisitions is, I'm sure everyone's reading the press releases. We've closed on several successful uh, acquisitions already. And we're only a few weeks into the year. So we're very blessed and thankful for all the yeah, business congrats. out there. But, you know, I read an article this morning and it, it blew me away because I've been saying this for so long. Just imagine, right? Close your eyes and imagine pulling up to a car dealership in a world where you pull up and nobody's greeting you outside. You're walking into the showroom door. There's no pressure, complete ease. And you walk in and, and you, you walk up to a kiosk and an individual is sitting there waiting to help you build your next car, whether it's a purchase or a lease, whatever the scenario is, you build it, you leave a deposit, you, you get an email receipt, and you get an email once the car comes in. And you know, think about that. Close your eyes and just imagine that. No haggling, no back and forth. Just yeah. imagine just imagine the salesperson doesn't even have an automotive sales background. Just imagine that. Because I read an article this morning. That's interesting. I read an article this morning that a public company is finding huge success hiring salespeople from non-automotive backgrounds. And And I'm reading this article and I'm saying to myself, of course, because the days of haggling, the consumer habit of back and forth, back and forth until you agree on the price. And then hours later, you're leaving the car dealership. Those days are gone. I mean, I remember myself growing up in the automotive industry where, you know, you take all these holidays, right? Labor Day, Memorial Day, Fourth of July, President's Day. You know, we we live for those holidays and you have barbecues right. in front of the showrooms and, you know, but people, I mean, it would take three to five hours at times to get people in and out by the time they pull up, test drive a car, go through the information find the exact car they want, get them into finance and get them out of the showroom. You're talking, I don't know, two hours, three hours, five hours, depending upon how two hours is like short. Yeah. It's long. So, I mean, think about that right now. Again, you only do this once every three years, but it's a pretty big commitment and it could be frustrating for all, all sides included. Right. Uh, You know, even the sales representatives, it's frustrating at times and just put yourself in the shoes of the of, of, of the person purchasing the automotive, uh, uh, the automobile with that being yeah. said, you know, at, at the end of the day, when, when you really think about the future, 
the evolution of where we're going, right? Uh, you know, GM just announced uh, uh, almost an $825 million incentive for Michigan to lure $7 billion in EV incentives, right, to General Motors. Jeez. So you think about where EVs coming, right? So you got EV now that's starting to dominate the industry. Every manufacturer wants the EV product. Consumers are right. sitting here lining up for it. And I get it. I think it's phenomenal, right? Putting that to the side, now you kind of couple the EV with non automotive salespeople representing the, the purchase of your new vehicle in brick and mortar showrooms, the whole dynamic of the industry is changing. Now, with that yeah. being said, I don't think this is going to take away from profitability from the automotive dealers. If anything, I think the, the new process could maintain more profitability and create higher customer satisfaction scores. I think it'll create more of a, of a touch and go ease feeling of pulling into a showroom and getting out of there, maintaining that wow factor that we speak about, right? Um, I think, you know, there's less there's less risk of having yeah. people pull in and pull out unhappy, right? If there's no more haggling back and forth. So I really love this concept of non-automotive yeah. salespeople. Now, again, look, the automotive sales trade is serious and there's a lot of hardworking, automotive salespeople out there. So first of all, I don't want to sit here and hate on them because I have so many incredibly awesome friends that are car salesmen, okay? And that sure. work and that work hard and and 12-hour days, 14-hour days, they call it bell to bell, and these these individuals work really hard. I don't want to take anything away from them. No, but, absolutely but, not. but but evolution is real and it doesn't mean that they have to make less money. It doesn't mean that they have to work less or more hours. You know, you know what it comes down to, Derek? Sometimes Adapt you get- and change? Well, <laughs> yes, but it's working smarter, not harder. So if they sure. could if they could continue to earn, you know, what they're earning today, if not greater, and they don't have to run around a, a five acre lot to find the one car. And if they don't need to spend three hours with one customer, but now you can help four customers in the same time frame, you know, and, and everything is more technology, you know, everything's more technology with, you know, you know, doing everything on the computer, showing the 3D dimension of building the car, you know, all these incredible things that could really help a consumer understand what they're buying and how to buy it. I think we're creating something here that's the next generation of car buying. And I really see it. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I think there's a few reasons why I think this works. The industry needed a change. The old way was exactly that old. You know, the process was so long. You know, that, that dot matrix printer that they are still using. I mean, in that back room when you're filling all the paperwork. I mean, why? But it, it just needed to be changed. And it is changing. But also hiring a talented salesperson who isn't necessarily a quote unquote automotive person I think is an advantage because I, th I think it makes the consumer a little more comfortable. The consumer can relate to them better. It's not that intimidation that some people feel sometimes when they buy a car as if like they don't know what they're talking about and this person does, so they got to do what they say. You know, that whole thing. It's more straightforward. You figure out exactly what you want and they just help you through the process. Another reason I'm not surprised that salesmen and women are being hired that may not be big car aficionados is because as you were saying with the EVs, electric vehicles aren't like cars of the past or aren't like, you know, other cars that aren't EVs, you know, because those cars have so many more moving parts, a combustion engine, gas, transmissions, exhaust, etc. You name it. You don't need to know about all that stuff when selling EVs. 
EVs are way more like a computer that you drive. And if these salespeople are savvy with technology and the software of the EVs, they'll understand that a lot easier than, say, uh, you know, a V8 truck or a high-end sports car. I mean, you name it, you know? Absolutely. And look, you know, you go by any Apple store um, and, and you walk in there, the process pretty, is, is, is pretty sleek, seamless. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's more inviting. It's, it's encouraging, right? It's like people don't mind uh, going into an Apple store. You know, they know what they want when they're going in there. And I think a lot of people going into automotive showrooms know what they want now before they go in there. And let me say this. I don't believe the brick and mortar concept of the automotive industry is going away. You know, there's rumors. Do we need such big showrooms moving forward? Oh, I think you need supply yeah, sure. is going down. Well, look, one of the greatest things we're dealing with today is supply and demand, right? I mean, the chip shortage created some major automotive supply demand. Uh, uh, and, and at this time, you drive past dealerships up and down the coast, uh, you, know, you know, throughout the country, no matter where you are. And there's lots that are three quarters empty. And that's real, right? Used yeah. cars are in such a high demand. Inventories are low. So dealers are saying, why am I carrying these incredibly high expenses, real estate expense? You know, these are tier one properties, tax expense for, for state, for, for, for property taxes to have these monster parcels on these major highways if we're not going to have the inventory. Well, let me say this, yeah. rest assured manufacturers will quickly within the next 12 to 18 months gear up and there will be inventory. I do believe that's not going to be an issue. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, so I don't believe that the brick and mortar concept in our lifetime, even in our children's lifetime will ever go away. I still believe people want to go into a showroom just like an Apple store and see the product. Let's face it. You don't walk into Apple and not see every device demonstrated. Every device Apple sells is there, and it's there for a reason. So you could touch yeah, it, you could sure. feel it, you could look at it. And I do believe there will be some sort of a concept for that to maintain in the automotive sector. You will be able to you know, walk around the cars on the showroom, still probably leave with a car if you pick something out of stock, but most likely kind of build it in, in a kiosk and pick the car up, whatever, 30, 60, 90 days later. And I think it's an incredible way to complete a transaction, have, a, have, have, have that happy customer, and kind of also create more brand loyalty. You know, one of the things I believe that deters a client, a customer from going from one manufacturer to another is their actual experience in the showroom. You know, maybe they maybe they've been maybe they've been so loyal to one manufacturer for nine years, three leases in a row. And when they went for their fourth, they had to wait three hours for a salesperson or they couldn't get the information they wanted because they didn't have enough staff, whatever the scenario or situation may be. Sometimes that deters people to go somewhere else. So I think one of the things that you know dealers are focusing on today is their infrastructure, and the brick and mortar concept is not going away. So let's switch gears. Let's talk M and A. Let's talk what's happening today in the in the industry. You know, I, I mentioned this to start off the podcast, Eric. Uh, we successfully closed three incredible acquisitions. Uh, the team is working really hard in twenty twenty two. In twenty twenty, I'm talking the first three weeks of the year. We've successfully closed. Three incredible acquisitions. Gotcha. And did they start in 2021 and and they completed in 2022? Absolutely, Derek. Okay, Look, it yeah, takes any it takes anywhere from three to six months to get to the finish line. But you right, know, as yeah. busy as we were in the fourth quarter, these were these were deals that kind of fell into Q1. Um, and I could tell you, the industry is not slowing down. And you know, one of the things 
that's just incredibly encouraging is to see dealers, or I'll tell you this, let me back up. What's encouraging is to see anyone who invests in a sector and then is ready to reinvest in that same sector of business. That's what's important, right? You know, yeah. typically you okay. see someone yeah. that says, I want to divest into multiple industries uh, and multiple areas so I can make sure we're balancing the, the, the portfolio. And that's it's a smart way to operate. When you have automotive dealers that have millions, if not hundreds of millions, if not billions invested into their portfolio in the automotive industry, and where their focus is to keep investing in that same industry, that's spectacular. That's a telltale sign, Derek, that there is no ceiling for growth here. And I'll say that again, I do not see a ceiling for growth. Most economists are not seeing a ceiling for growth in this industry. And this industry is evolving. Consolidation is real. And it's just so encouraging to see a lot of our clients that are just so adaptive and so uh, have the ability to execute so quickly when a deal comes available to get that next deal added into their portfolio. So, you know, where are we in 22, right? We're three weeks into the year. Uh, we're, we're, we're seeing a lot of incredible deals being announced every single day. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot more buyers out there today than sellers. Interest rates are going up, but, but stable. Okay. But pretty stable. Well, we'll see, we'll see what happens in the next six to nine months with, as far as rates are concerned, but it's still a combination of a buyer's sellers, perfect storm. And what I mean by that is, you know, you still have these buyers that are taking advantage of of historical profits on their on their current automotive dealership they have to reinvest this money especially if they're a public company they have a fiduciary responsibility obligation to reinvest those funds and you know you have these sellers that have made more money in the past 2 years than they've probably ever made in a consecutive 24 months in their lifetime in the automotive industry. And, and they're yeah. like, they're like, you know, if this is if this is my evaluation, gosh, I might have to work the next 20 years to make what I could cash out on today. So it's kind of a win-win for everyone. We're still seeing and hearing exactly that. Uh there, you know, I'll tell you what, I said to my team last night, some of my corporate guys, I said, I can't wait to hear and see what the next two or three major acquisitions of 22 will be. You know, you had the Larry H. Miller deal go down for $3.2 billion or something like that. Nobody ever thought that would change hands. You know, you had the Prime Auto Group, of course, go down. You had you had RFJ uh, uh, sell. You had, uh, you know, a, a Suburban sell to Lithium in the beginning of the year. So you had some incredible, I mean, just astonishing acquisitions take place in 21. What are those going to be in 22? Right. What's going right. to be what's going to be the three or four acquisitions that people are going to talk about for years to follow that take place in 22. And that's what's exciting, because, you know, it's it's there's nothing more exciting. You know, people ask me all the time, Derek, what's the greatest part of doing an acquisition? Like what's you know, in the entire process, where's the place where we where we have the most excitement? And I'll tell you what right. that is for me. It's literally watching the torch being passed from one incredible organization to the next and and watching that legacy just follow through and keep going. You know, there's no greater feeling than working three months, four months, eight months, working with both sides of an acquisition intimately, 
from CFOs, COOs, dealers, lawyers, accountants, you name it, okay, third-party vendors. And then at the end of the day, watching that new organization, okay, just kind of roll up into a new portfolio in a new automotive group and just watching what it's going to do for the next three, four, five, six decades under that portfolio of that automotive group. That's exciting, right? You know, we say this all the time. Right. Yes. It's it's, yeah. And and seeing both sides, the seller and the buyer. I mean, the seller is selling a business that was, you know, their life's work and they want to see it transition into good hands and be happy with the sale. And if the buyer wants to keep that business successful and, you know, the customers and the employees it already has happy, it needs to continue to do that. And when both sides feel comfortable in that decision, you know, it's a, I guess it's a sweet moment. I mean, you've experienced it a lot. Like you said, you know, the torch being passed. Yeah. You know, Derek, look, you, you, you find me a dealer in the last 14 to 18 months that sold their business and is unhappy about doing that today. I don't know many. Okay. They all worked tirelessly. They all worked tirelessly to get to where they were to build the automotive group that they built. And they, and they were rewarded with incredible uh, evaluations to put themselves in a position to sail off into the sunset, whatever the next journey might be for them. Look, automotive dealers don't retire and sit home. Okay. You know, I say this all the (laughs) time. They are some of the greatest entrepreneurs and philanthropists in the entire world of any industry. These are individuals, guys and gals that get out there and, you know, what's next, right? What am I doing next? Am I building hotels? Am I, am I buying a golf course? You know, they're always thinking to do what's next. And that's what I love. There's never an end game. It's just what's next. So, you know, you, you really have to, be excited for what's to come in 22. You know, we have some incredible acquisitions in the works right now, some very large acquisitions. I can't wait to announce them. Uh, We're going to announce them right here on Transactions. Every week, we're going to talk about some of our acquisitions. You know, I'll say this, we just closed a really exciting three-store acquisition uh, in Delray Beach, Florida, this past week, uh, Superstore oh, Auto Group, yeah, purchased it. Uh, uh, Delray Auto Group was the seller. Uh, John Salupi Jr., just an incredible dealer, hands-on. You know, builds his team, puts his team to work, and really understands how to operate an automotive car dealership. And it's it's exciting because that was an acquisition that you know lasted decades. You know, it was it was it was in business for decades in Delray operating. And now here's what's awesome. A dealer is going to take it over and they're going to revamp the entire group and build the next level car dealerships and make these dealership image facilities gorgeous, spectacular, maybe move them into different facilities. And you know what's to follow for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years? Hey, if I'm a sales representative or a service tech working in one of these stores and if somebody new comes in and purchases it and is ready to invest millions into that business I mean, that's in a big win. locations, yeah. it's like hitting a lotto. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it's like hitting a lottery, oh. right? It's like, oh my gosh. So it's ex- it's exciting to watch these and be a part of these. And, you know, I got to tell you, you know, it's, 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 it's nothing more exciting to see than walking away from a day like yesterday and, and watching a a buyer and seller shake hands and thank each other for, for, for allowing the opportunity. I say that word all the time, opportunity for that transaction to take place. So we're going to talk about that transaction and many more in all of these episodes to follow. We have an exciting year ahead. We're going to share 
information directly involved in acquisitions, what to look out for, what to do, what areas are, are hot in the industry right now, what markets, what regions, what manufacturers, everything we're seeing that we can help provide insight to the automotive industry. We're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna we're gonna ask for feedback. Uh, you know, you came up with a great idea. Let's get dealers. Let's get automotive industry individuals to ask us questions that we could talk about sure. on these podcasts. Absolutely, so I love that idea. Uh, I'm just excited. You hear it in my voice. This is what happens when you give Dave Canton a few weeks off to speak. <laughs> okay, so super excited, Derek. Thank you so much for today's uh, episode to the entire automotive industry. I am so excited for what's to come in 22. I can't wait to speak to everyone on a weekly basis. Have an incredible week. Stay healthy and stay safe. Absolutely. And same to you, my friend. You know, you were on a roll there with a lot of good information. And we are just getting started in 2022 on Transactions with Dave Canton on the DNT Network. You know, as Dave mentioned, we'd love for you to get in touch with us. If you have a question for Dave, just email it to info at dealernewstoday.com. Also, listen to our Dealer News Today podcast with industry professionals from all over the country. You can find that at dealernewstoday.com com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Derek D. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody.